everyone, this is Anne Doherty, your host of Current, an energy podcast with the Loom Advising. You may have tuned into our last episode where my colleague, Sari Konzemius, and I talked about our experiences as founders in building and readying our company in its 10th year of operations to meet the changes that the energy industry is facing. Specifically, our goal is to meet that change by helping our clients create a cleaner and more equitable energy future through smarter research and strategy consulting. In this episode, you will hear from our team. Um, We've invited our executives to come forward and discuss their roles at Illum 2.0 in our 10th year of operation and discuss both their vision for their new positions and helping us meet that change, as well as the specific things that make them unique and will give you a little bit of insight into who they are as individuals. We really loved recording these sessions with um, each of our team members, and we hope that you enjoy listening. And with that, I'll stop talking and we will jump into our conversations. Amanda, I'm really excited to talk to you today and to talk to you about your new role as principal of market development for Loom. We are so excited to have you on the team and supporting the company in this restructuring and in our vision for our future and your role in market development is a really exciting one for us as well. Um, You're also one of our newest team members. So you have in some ways like a very unique perspective that you bring um, and fresh eyes on everything that we're trying to achieve, including how we communicate and engage with our clients. So um, thanks for joining me to discuss this today. I'm really excited to be here. So thank you. Yeah. Um, you also have the best background of anyone in the company <laughs> so far, too. Well, so you win you. points for that. <laughs> it's part of my marketing expertise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The background. Um, so um, one question that I've been asking everybody is, what excites you about this role as you're stepping into this uh, new role? What, what's the most exciting thing about it for you? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, I'm one of the newer team members here at Illum, and I joined at a very exciting time as we're really strategizing and planning for future growth. And you've built a great foundation over the last nine plus years. And what I'm most excited about is my role really is in my sweet spot. It is taking uh, process and operations and then taking that intersection point and building tangible outcomes and designing an integrated marketing plan. And I'm really excited to be able to work across the organization with all of our team members to execute our goals and objectives as we move forward. It's going to be a challenge too, because the room has doing so many different things that, you know, we talked about with respect to our practice areas. You know, one of the reasons why we're moving in this direction is simply because we have such a small company relative to sort of the larger actors in space, but such a diversified company in terms of the type of work we do and um, the way that we do our work. I think market development you know, the reflection of that is going to be pretty diversified as well. When you think about your role, how do you see the change in your role benefiting our clients? Yeah, well, I think that you hit on it a little bit that we have this vast array of services and expertise that we can draw from within a loom. And my role is really to bring that to the forefront, really share that and make sure that our clients and those potential clients out there that we haven't met yet become part of a community, a network that we're building and we're nurturing. And that as we're building and growing here at a loom, that we start, we are already aligning um, our business development, marketing, business operations, and professional development activities, but we're also aligning objectives. And what's really going to be amazing for our clients is that seamless touch point that they have with each of our team members as we are able to share our knowledge and insight, and we can hand off from the proposal team to the contracts team to the project team. And it's really like this very seamless process where our clients understand what we can deliver and we're going above and beyond to to deliver. 
That's great. Well, as you think about your own process, your own career and chapter, and as I, again, I've mentioned, I'm asking this of everyone, what do you see this particular role representing for you? What chapter of your career does this represent in your mind? Interesting question, because now I have to think about the chapters of my career. <laughs> and I really think that um, this is probably the maybe the refinement chapter where I'm taking the knowledge that I've gained over the last couple decades and really building upon that and taking those best practices, but also growing um, and mentoring our team so that we can continue to grow for the future and um, those emerging practice areas become mature practice areas and part of our core services. Yeah. Well, you know, as you mentioned, our team is kind of coming up to speed on a lot of sort of the market development aspects of what we do. And it's largely because our team is just so focused on the work a much of the time. And it's and that's not an unusual thing in a company like ours where you have so many subject matter experts and all this sort of diversity of expertise. And you do bring this background in mentorship, which is really exciting for us. And one of the reasons why we're really excited to have you join. When you think about other bits of experience in your past, um, like little things that may not be on your LinkedIn page uh, that, you know, have really brought you to this moment or primed you for this role, what interesting tidbit or piece of information would you share with um, the folks listening to that gives them a better sense of sort of who you are and, and what you're bringing to this position? So um, as a marketing professional, my LinkedIn profile is pretty comprehensive. So I'm thinking about what little pieces of information are missing. And there's probably a few. So one of them that I would share is that I first became interested in marketing and design when I was the editor-in-chief of my high school yearbook. And I totally nerded out on the principles of design. I went to yearbook camp every summer. I <laughs> toured the publishing company in Dallas, Texas. And not only did I learn all about like how to build a tangible product that the whole school was going to not only get, but probably keep for their entire lives as a memento, yeah. but I had to figure out what to do with the students that showed up that wanted to be part of the team team and how to use their skills and what they were bringing to the table. And when I think back, that's probably the first um, really true leadership role where I had to figure out like, okay, we have to produce something and how are we going to get that done? And then the other thing I would say about my experience, something that I bring to the table is I'm a mother of three boys. And I think there's a few of us um, on the team here that fall into this category. But I think whenever you're a parent, you're juggling multiple priorities and demands at all times of day. I know you know that very well. And I just think that it teaches you what's important, right? And, mm -hmm. and how to build value where it really needs to be. I love that. I will say that I am hanging on for dear life with just one child. So I <laughs> admire those of you who have more than one. I cannot one is figure enough, out right? how you do it. I cannot figure it out. Um, but yeah, no, those are really great stories. And your yearbook story makes perfect sense to me. I can totally see you in high school, you know, touring the, the production or the publishing oh, house yes. in Dallas. And you're not from Texas, so you had to travel. No, I yeah. did. And I actually learned a really important lesson when I traveled to Texas that I share with my kids whenever they fly is that that was the first time I'd flown without anyone, like a parent. And I packed my wallet in my checked in bag <laughs> and they lost the bag. And I had to spend the first 24 hours with not only no clothes, but figuring out how I was going to pay for things. <laughs> oh no. How did you get on the plane? So, I mean, it was like 1994. It was such a different time. <laughs> I think that the yearbook advisor probably had our plane tickets, but now I'm a, a travel pro or I try to be at least. Yeah, with all the conferences you're hitting, that, yeah, I would hope so at this point. Exactly. There will be no um, wallets checked in bags. It all but worked out in the end. It all worked out. Anyway, um, it's really wonderful to have you on the team. We're really excited about your role and uh, really thrilled to have your skill sets. I know it's been so um, 
life-changing for me personally and having you on. And I know that others feel the same way. So we're really thrilled. And I'm excited to see what we're going to do for the next year. I'm excited too. It's great to be part of the LM team. All right. Now that you've had a chance to hear from Amanda, I'm excited to introduce my colleague, Jess Rebus, our Executive Vice President of Revenue. So Jess, I'm really excited to be talking to you because you have a brand new role and position in a room, which is the Executive Vice President of Revenue. We have never had such a title, which is exciting too. And um, one of the things that's cool about your role is that you're charged with helping us kind of see into the future of the industry and meet the change in the industry, both in terms of thinking about new opportunities and where a loan can grow and what we can grow into, and also to help us build that pipeline of revenue that will sustain us in the future. Um, and you, I think, are so uniquely gifted and talented as it relates to this because you have both the ability to be very creative and your engineer brain comes forward nicely in keeping us all very disciplined in what we're doing, which, um, as many folks know, is not necessarily uh, something that like, comes together in a person in the world to have both attributes. So we're really excited um, to have you do this. Um, so I am curious to know, Jess, what you're excited about in this role. Sorry, I'm just responding to being deeply complimented first. Um, thank you. That you was so lovely. It's okay. Oh my gosh. You're okay. Welcome. That felt lovely. Um, I think two, two really big things excite me about this role. Um, I think the first one is just the opportunity to help organizations and communities um, better collaborate and problem solve. My hope from in this role I perceive that I'll have a better ability to kind of look across the work being done by Illum, by our partners in industry, to really be able to see the questions that are being asked and the needs that um, our industry have. And then even beyond that, to kind of look at what is creating those needs, what's the backdrop for those needs, policy, you know, gaps, all of that. And, and then from that vantage point, to honestly try to help our industry create more holistic, bigger picture solutions and, and in collaboration with each other, maybe more so than we have in the past. That excites me a lot. I think one of the things I, I know a lot of others in the industry struggle with is what has always felt like incremental progress or you know what feel like duplicative efforts being done by various organizations at the same time. And if I feel I have lofty ambition that in this role that I could somehow try to play a role to help, you know, really kind of advance us out of that framework and toward making more significant strides and in doing so in, in increased partnership. The second thing that excites me though about the role speaking to like internally is just our our staff, our Lumi staff, you know, I think they're they're such a great team. And I I know, and what feels like so much grind kind of coming out of COVID, our, our team really is, um, I think our cups are really filled by doing work we we believe in and feel passionately about and delivering on that work. And the other thing that excites me about this role is the enhanced ability to ensure we're getting that kind of work to our team. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you started with partnership, Jess, because it's such a different orientation to, um, what we think about when I think you think of a traditional sort of business role in revenue and the way that people orient to that, which is usually rife with protectionism and competitiveness. Yeah. And what often falls to this wayside is collaboration and creativity and mutual benefit. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about why um, you think it's important to have a sort of partnership approach to this. Yeah, I think it's it's a good question. I think um, it is a break from the norm for sure. And I think that's what we need. I think some of so much of what we've done isn't maybe going to continue to work or wasn't even maybe the best way to approach something from the beginning. So I think that what I see, you know, so I've, I've been in the same industry now for 17 or 18 years and feel very lucky to have um, kind of had a lot of different perspectives, as you mentioned, as an engineer into it, but always in this one industry. And I think the thing that struggled uh, that I've struggled with the most is what I mentioned briefly before is a scene, similar organizations kind of grappling with similar problems, albeit often in different contexts, right? That are yeah. specific to their region and everything that comes with that and not always being able to benefit um, 
from the learnings of others. And I think COVID really exacerbated that. I think it separated and severed those ties. I think as we continue to have workforce transition in and out of roles and, you know, in the last year, I know we lost, we lost a lot of, I think, real giants in our industry. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to even, I think, double down on finding each other, on making those connections and on leveraging each other's experience, background, every and everything so that we, all of our approaches are more collaborative and, and hopefully more diverse and redundant or they're safeguarded against um, things because of diversity. So I guess that's really my orientation toward why I I hope partnerships are something we can further create. Yeah, I think it's really a powerful idea. And I think it also aligns with the values and ethics of our team too. Um, We are not an inherently competitive bunch. I think our folks um, are very relationship oriented, are very driven toward meaningful connection. Like as you mentioned to the work, but I think also to each other and to the folks we serve. And what's cool about it is that it maintains sort of the spirit and integrity of that everyone else is coming to the work with. So it can feel very genuine, which as you know, as we know, is something that um, folks don't often feel is associated with like traditional models for thinking about um, how That's you right. build into to business, right? And I think it's cool to think that, yeah, we can do that and we can do both and we can do it our own way. When you think about our clients, what do you see as the benefit for our clients in this approach that you've articulated? The benefit I want to bring forward to our clients is is really one of collaboration and connection, but also of service. I think those three things I think are the benefits I, I really want to continue to kind of infuse into the experience of working with a loom. I think we're we know a lot of people, we know a lot of different types of work, and I want to make help our clients make those connections both in the direct sense of introducing folks to their peers and other organizations for whom they should be in close contact with, but also just even in like influencing the work and it coming through that that work is always going to use our understanding of work elsewhere as a jumping off point, right? So you're hopefully giving people um, as much of a big picture and context as we can give. And then, yeah, I think the other thing to me that comes along with collaboration and and connection is just service that really for all of this to work, we have to kind of orient ourselves to being partners in this. And, and that's a different model. You know, we're not, I don't just want to be consultants. I want us to be partners and we are already partners. Right. But I I think like just expanding on that and then, you know, introducing them to our partners and creating just more and more partnerships. I think that's the benefit I'd love to be able to provide our clients. Yeah, I love that too, because it's industry building, it's infrastructure building in terms of human infrastructure, which we've been talking a lot about lately and um, different conversations here at the company. And um, it really sort of taps that, it acknowledges that. What do you think about like your own career, sort of shifting gears a little bit? You talked about having been in the industry for a long time and, you know, starting with this orientation as a sort of engineer, still maintaining that, as I mentioned. But um, but when you think about this role, what do you see it representing for you in terms of like this chapter in your career? What do you hope to accomplish for yourself in this? I think it's evolution and opportunity. I'll be honest, I never would have foreseen having this title, I still see it in my email signature sometimes and have a moment. And I've joked with you and others about as an engineer, it can feel like an identity crisis about what exactly has happened. But I I think, I think the truth is, is, and I, I, I say this a lot at its core in my experience, engineering is problem solving. And I still see this at role as problem solving. And I think it, it, for my career, it's just like the evolution of the problems I can solve and the toolkit I have to solve those problems. And in that way, it's opportunity. I'm excited. I I think I'm just so excited for what's in store, for what we'll accomplish this year and, and for what it will mean for my career. Yeah, I think it's um, just, I think it's exciting to think about you being able to create something sort of brand new and build that out. It's also terrifying in the way that it always is to create brand new things, but also really cool. But it's not like you haven't done it before. You know, one of the things I was thinking about as you were talking about your orientation as an engineer and um, the sort of crisis is that, you know, what you're doing for us as a company and, and your orientation to sort of partnership and industry is not unlike some of the emerging tech work that you're doing for our clients, except at a different scale and towards a different end. Can you talk a little bit about like 
your about your approach to that sort of opportunity generation and how you've been thinking about that. Sure. I mean, I think that's the most perfect example where I've struggled with like incremental progress, right? When really what we need now are leapfrog moments. Mm -hmm. And I think my approach to emerging tech and strategy and um, implementation and um, pilot demonstrations is, is really, again, one of problem solving, one of bringing to the table all that we know, including what we know has and hasn't worked in this space. And then also trying to make introductions to kind of fortify teams and efforts as best we can. And then bringing forward, you know, all of that in um, really our service focused delivery to make sure we can guide that work where it needs to go. And then I think the thing about emerging tech and that space is it's um it's really hard to not get lured by the shiny next new thing. Yeah. And that's also where then that bigger picture, that look across, like the memory, the constant um need to remember what it all is in service to is I think mm-hmm. the other really important framework that I've brought to that work and that I think really I would bring to every effort we we pursue here and help our clients pursue. That's great. I love that perspective. And that's what I meant when I referred to discipline is because <laughs> so much of discipline is about, you know, staying true to your values, right? And remaining centered, even when things feel really exciting and new, that may not be the right thing, you know, and that's so important yeah. for organizations and, and um, for people and for progress, right? And I think often underestimated because they tend to put over um, promote the shiny new things too, right? That's right. They're they're really good for conversations, but sometimes aren't the best for solving problems. Now, when we think about the life and times of Jess, I'm curious to know what what experiences that you have had or what experiences have you had rather that haven't made it onto your LinkedIn page, and I'm asking everybody this, but that you feel like sort of helped prepare you for the work that you're doing in this industry or in this moment now? Well, something that hasn't made it onto my LinkedIn page, but something you know about me, Anne, is I'm an athlete. I've done a lot of sports scene in my life and I continue to. And I think that even there, again, I think if you don't know about my sports career, better, probably better for everyone. But I was very lucky as an athlete to be very successful. I've won several the gold medals in sports I've played. And I think that the honest truth is that I'm not sure that I ever won um, because I myself as an individual have extraordinary athletic capabilities. I think what I've really appreciated about sports, I've always played team sports is the concept and my lived reality that we can form something together that's stronger than we would apart. And that that guiding principle and that lived experience has really served me as a, as a teammate first yeah. and athlete second. And that, you know, having been able to accomplish that and repeat that success, um, I think that's what I bring into work. So that and terrible sports analogies. <laughs> um so that, you know, I really think of, of everything we do at, here at Illum as a team, when we partner with our clients as a team, you know, I, I just, I think my, that teamwork perspective is, is probably maybe something some people don't know about me. Yeah, that's cool. And people should ask you about too, so they can get to hear about all of your different sporting activities, because it's cool and, and really impressive, actually, because a lot of people don't do it as long as you have too. It's like a true passion of yours. It is. It's really cool. Well, I'm really excited to have you with us, Jess. You, you know, um, joined us in the company. How long has it been now? I, I think it's almost six so, years. Almost six years. Yes. And so we're now entering the company's 10th year, which is double wild. digits. Double digits. We've been referring to it as the tween. <laughs> in tween years. I was speculating on what type of like teeny bopper poster might make it as oh, ours. Wow. We should think about that. I think Dorsey and Dave could rise to that. Agreed. But, um, but anyway, we're just really excited to have you with us some kind of shoulder to shoulder as a teammate and, and thinking about these things because I know it, we've really benefited from having you. And yeah, I can't imagine this next year and doing all these things without you with us. So thank you. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Next, we are talking with Eileen Hannigan, Vice President of Talent Development. So Eileen, I'm really excited to have you here with us today. You have, as I've said to you and many others, one of, um, I think, of the exciting new positions in our company, which is the Vice President of Talent Development. And we 
you know, as a firm pulled this position together because we really recognized a need to address the moment that we're having and to really um, dial into the way that we're supporting our team members in the ways that our industry is changing in terms of their needs as individuals and um, to really kind of focus our energies on talent, uh, particularly, as I mentioned earlier, you know, the ways in which talent is changing and the ways that people are sort of moving in and out of careers and treating careers now, um, which creates an exciting opportunity for us to think about how we can sort of invest in and build out um, our team. And you are one of the folks who are uniquely gifted, I think, in our company at really recognizing and understanding the needs of our team and the talent needs and development needs of our team. So we're really excited to have you. And for folks who are listening, um, Eileen is also employee number three at Illumina's, the first hire that Sarah and I made when we started the company. So you've seen it all. And now we're entering year 10 or we're in year 10 of the company. So Sarah and I were joking that we would have a tween now, <laughs> which is, I'm, I can't, it's hard to comprehend. So anyway, um, one of the questions that I had for you is, you know, what excites you about your role and what this position is for you? And, you know, talk a little bit about what's interesting for you in this. Yeah, well, thanks, Anne. I mean, so much really excites me about this role because honestly, I feel like it weaves together sort of different threads of things that mean a lot to me and I've cared a lot about um, over the course of my career. First and foremost, I really view myself as a researcher. So doing the work of research is something I'll kind of always love to do and always feel drawn to. But I actually started my career in research doing education research. So thinking about learning and models for learning and um, developing tools, you know, it was something that I started doing early on and worked in for several years um, before kind of transitioning and finding my home in clean energy, which has been important to me because I, the industry is facing big challenges and I really care deeply about um, energy affordability and equity and climate change. So, you know, to have the opportunity to support our team in their growth in doing research to answer those important questions. I mean, really, it's a dream job. Honestly, that's awesome. It's exciting too, because you're, I don't think a lot of folks know this about you, but you're a very ambidextrous researcher. So a lot of folks are highly specialized in research. And Eileen, you have the gift of uh, being able to work across multiple methods, um, including highly technical methods like our data science work. And um, it's a really uncommon, it's an uncommon trait in a researcher, but um, even more uncommon in somebody who's training researchers, you know? And one of the, I think, challenges of doing development work with talent at Alum is that we have such diversity of skills and talents and backgrounds. It's not as if we're just an engineering company or just a survey research firm. We sort of have run the gamut and people are coming in from so many different backgrounds. Can you talk a little bit about some of the things that, that you're working on in this role to build out a more cohesive set of skills within the team, but then and also to sort of help people specialize in those areas that they're passionate about. Yeah, I mean, that is so true what you just said. It's not just a set, you know, training program. We can put somebody through and two weeks later, they're, they're ready to go off and do research. So we are looking at both, you know, consistency and, um, you know, making things specialized to each person's need. So we have, within the last year, revamped our onboarding process so that we do have a more consistent kind of um, initial like two week onboarding process that starts with a lot of that kind of base research skills, industry knowledge that folks um, you know need to be successful. And then we start to ramp people up onto projects and then look at, okay, based on projects that they're working on, what sort of particular training or supports or needs will they have to be successful in those? So that over the course of a year, you know, if we're talking about somebody who's starting off, you know, maybe brand new to the industry, um, maybe, you know, newer to research over the course of their first year, they're really kind of gaining all those solid skills that they need. And then more broadly across the team, we are in the process of implementing specialized professional development, or we're calling them coaching plans for everyone. So folks really looking at, you know, what, what are the things I want to learn? What are the skills I really want to look at? 
work on over the next, you know, three to six months. And then sitting down with their performance manager and identifying, you know, what are the project experiences um, that would help them achieve those other types of external learning or internal mentorship or support to be able to achieve those. Yeah, it's a, such an exciting idea because, you know, I, I don't know about you, Eileen, but I never had a moment in my career where someone sat me down and was like, who do you want to be when you grow up? And not to say that our team is growing up, but, you know, where do you want your career to go? It always felt like a meandering path toward, you know, what I am ultimately now, which, you know, could have never predicted, but there's some real value in the intentionality of saying, you know, I want to learn these things and and then have the opportunity to actually directly apply it, which is kind of what's cool about this too. One of the things I know you're working on too is thinking through kind of how we do this training in projects as well, which is the applied side of learning. I know that that is a very early stage, you know, set of considerations for us, but do you have any um, thoughts or hopes for that piece as well? Yeah, that's such a great call out because it's really twofold. You know, I firmly believe that anything that we are doing, like there's opportunities to learn from it and grow from it. And sometimes it's just not obvious. So part of it yeah. is taking a more deliberate look at um, project assignments and saying, okay, like how will this, you know, advance me professionally and my knowledge and skills? You know, what am I personally gaining from it in addition to, you know, the opportunity to provide great research services to our clients. And on the other side, yes, doing that alignment, you know, we have created new opportunities for our team to kind of communicate what they're wanting to work on, what topics they're interested in, what skills they really want to hone. And then um, through our research planning process, being more intentional and deliberate about finding opportunities for the team to do that. The, a lot of the learning is around um, within project because everything, every project that we do is so different. So it's really the best opportunity to, to learn and apply the skills right away. And I think that's something a lot of folks don't understand about our industry and the way that we operate as consultants. There's no commoditized or perfectly repeatable set of projects. Everyone is different. We're dealing with different jurisdictions, you know, different methods, different research questions. Even if they're seemingly similar, they have to be applied differently because there are different stakeholders involved and different populations that are being served. So it is... Um, I think one of the joys of our industry is that it is not, you know, a space of continuous learning. Like any one of us, even at your level, my level is learning all the time in many ways. So when you think about the benefit of this, you know, we talk a lot about what it means for our team, you know, um, and the benefit to our team, but what do you see as the external benefit of this approach to our clients and to those that um, we're serving with our work? Yeah, well, I mean, I think the um, benefit to our clients, uh, you know, kind of flows from the benefit to our team and really, um, you know, I think the commitment to dedicate a role to this and the intentionality around this, you know, points to really creating a culture of learning within a loom. And our team is always excited to learn new things and grow their skills. But this is really deliberately saying like, we're just not going to rest on the things the way we've always done things. We want to get better. We want to be cutting edge. We want to, you know, apply new approaches to these difficult problems. And so, you know, I'm hoping that both extends the skills of, of all of us on the team and also creates an environment where folks, you know, feel a lot of um, satisfaction in what they're doing and career satisfaction. And that will show up in the work that we're doing with our clients. I think we'll show up um, even more ready to, help them solve their problems or try to address their problems. Yeah, sure. The problems are solving them. Is I won't say we will solve project. climate change, but right. <laughs> but we're all working at it, right? Yes. Yeah. And so when you think about um, your path, you know, this is sort of a twofold question. You answered it a little bit earlier. What do you see this role representing for you in terms of the, the sort of chapter in your career? What is it doing for you? What do you, how are you thinking about it for yourself? Yeah, well, as you know, as I said, I do see it really weaving together things that I feel um, a lot of deep concern about or interest areas of mine. But I will also admit there's a little bit of a uh, maybe this is selfish of me because I am also really interested in all of these topics and opportunities to learn and stretch myself. You know, in this role, I feel fortunate. It'll help give me like a little window into what everybody is working on as we you know, think about what the training and development needs are across the team and how to develop a strategy around that. So I feel fortunate that, you know, personally, I'll get to kind of expand 
my knowledge of things that folks are working on and learn in that way too. You know, it's just occurred to me that you are going to have such an interesting reach because, you know, we always talk about workforce development in our industry and often that's sort of pointed towards folks who are implementing programs, but certainly on the you know, the research and evaluation side, workforce development is like a very key aspect of what we do and need to do in order to uh, do, do our work, right? And as you said, a lot of that has been traditionally done, you know, just in projects or on the fly in the way that sort of I think I largely learned. And you you get this opportunity to influence a lot of careers in kind of an interesting way too. So it feels really special to me in the sense that you know, we don't expect everyone to stay with us at a loom forever. We do want people to stay with us forever, but we don't expect them to, to be very clear. So, it, you know, I imagine that as time goes on, you'll see the effects of this in the industry too, which hopefully will be the case. You know, also thinking about your path, do you have anything that, and I've asked this of everybody, I will say, that is like not on your LinkedIn profile or not really a part of, you know, your common resume that you feel like is an interesting, fun thing to know about you, but also sort of contributing to how you're approaching this role? Yeah, that is such a good question. So my response is going to be sort of informed where my family is right now. You know, I have teenagers and over the past couple of years, they have been making forays into the world of paid employment, uh, <laughs> which has led me to do a lot of reflecting on my early experiences in paid employment, which are things that don't show up on my resume anymore. But, you know, as I think back on it, man, I really did learn a lot from those physicians, you know, working with a team, providing good customer service, problem solving, and anybody who's worked at a public facing customer service job, I'm sure will say the same thing or have the same experience. But I will just tell you that working at a fast food restaurant in the late 80s off of an <laughs> interstate highway exit to a tourist area, like that is like the great democracy. You see everybody. Yeah. People in really fancy cars, people with no cars, people having a great day to go look at the leaves in the Adirondacks, people having a not great day because they're visiting a loved one at the prison down the road. Like everybody came through there. And, you know, just the perspective and, you know, learning how to interact with people going through a variety of experiences, you know, lessons that I've kept with me forever. I'm not sure my teenagers have really appreciated that lecture on the value of work. <laughs> it means a lot to me. It's I think it's the kind of appreciation you get after the fact in hindsight, you realize. Yes. But yeah, I've always joked that it's not so consulting is not so different than like waiting tables or I mean, obviously, we're doing a very different set of things, but you are certainly um, meeting a lot of needs at once. I think it's a really cool perspective to have because uh, there's so much value in all of the work that that people do and it can really inform our lives in really interesting ways. Well, Eileen, I just want to say really excited to have you on our team and in this role. And I'm really thrilled to see what happens over the next couple of years as we start to institute these changes and really more intentionally feed and sort of build into our team. So thank you for working with us on this. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. Now that you've learned a little bit more about Eileen, let's talk to Laura Shower, one of our first employees and really the jack of all trades in the company, who is our executive vice president of operations. I am very excited today to connect with my colleague, and I'm also going to call you a friend, Laura, who we've now been working together for how many years? I think it's eight. Eight years, right? So uh, Laura is one of the OGs at Loom and is now assuming the role of our executive vice president of operations. And Laura has been, I will say, a central player in uh, really the growth of Loom and the development of Loom and helping us set vision, Sarah and I, as well as really thinking about what it takes to build a company and to build a team. And so I'm really excited to kick off our discussions with you, Laura, because You've been with us from day one. So our discussion today is really going to focus on your role. And one of the first questions that I have for you is, in assuming this new role um, as executive vice president of operations, what are you most excited about? What aspects of the role excite you? Mm -hmm. 
there's so much to the world. You know, I feel like um, across my career, I've really, really thrived when I've had um, pretty steep and important challenges and felt like I was really contributing meaningfully to something. And what's been really cool about um, the transitions we've made as an executive team in Illum is that really looking within our strengths and articulating where our domains are and where we can do that most uh, meaningfully. And what is so exciting about this is really having this goal, this really important goal we set at Illum. We've set these, and you know, I'm talking to you, right? We've set these um, really aggressive yet hopefully realistic and achievable targets when it comes to, you know, our revenue, how we want to serve our clients, how we want to serve our team. They're all so important and so intertwined together. And I just love the idea of coming in and being able to have this be my domain and find the opportunities and ways to work with you all to really achieve those goals and figure out like, what is the gaps? Where, where are the um, systems not in place? Where do we need to fix things than to think about, you know, not only thinking about this next three years, but then beyond, like, how do we then build not in the near term, but then also in the further term to build a loom in our team. So it's just really exciting to have such a challenge in front of me and know that I get to work with you guys to try to meet that. And um, yeah, I just, there's a part of my brain that really thrives in that. And so, so it's exciting. You are really uniquely suited to it. And in a way, when you think about the role of operations, it's like the hub in the spokes. It touches everything or, or everything has to lead into it and be done well. And that is, you know, always the thing that either enables us or hurts us as we try to, you know, meet our goals and ambitions. Mm -hmm. And particularly as a growing company, you know, as we reflect on the fact that the company's grown so much in just the eight years that um, you've been with us, it's not like we're super old. I mean, this is year 10, but it is so critical to enabling that. And I think you really see that and understand that you have such a gift for looking into the future and really understanding the implications of decisions we're making now. And I think it's just super rad. When you think about this role as it relates to the clients, what do you yeah. see as the primary benefit to them? If we were to say, you know, and the many of our clients listen to this, you know, what this is going to do for them, what would you say that is? Yeah. So I will say our, um, where we as a culture do a really great job is that personal relationship and that service to our clients. And we hear that across the board where I think we want to um, show up better for them is in a more unified, consistent way with our team. So whether it's um, communication, whether it's how they're interacting with us, whether it's the deliverables and what they're seeing, that expectation is there and they know the quality, they know what it's going to look like, they know how it's going to be to interact with us. And to me, from um, the client's perspective, that's what I'm hoping they see is that continued delivery, but really enhanced so that consistency is there so they know what to expect when it comes to working with our team. Of course, our team all has per different personalities, so I really mm -hmm. recognize that that comes through and that should always come through in our projects. So I'm not implying that we all look the same in all our projects, um, yeah. but how they interact and feel us. And that's a weird thing, right? How do you how do you experience us? That um, hopefully will start to come through uh, more consistently with our clients. I love that. And you know, one of the things that um, came forward, and it's one of the objectives we're going to be talking about in the coming year or so internally, but hopefully to your point as well, externally is really figuring out what's unique about us. Mm -hmm. And that's like the Illum way of doing things and then turning mm -hmm. that, as you said, into something that is like very consistent. And I do think you kind of hit the nail on the head in terms of our management style, that it is like very personal and very hands-on. And I think that is largely felt and reflected back to us when we ask our clients mm -hmm. about what they're interested in. When you think about your career specifically, what do you think this chapter represents for you? I mean, it's one thing to talk about it with respect to the company and with respect to our clients, but for you yeah. as a person, Laura, what does this chapter mean for you? It's such an interesting question because it takes me Honestly, the question takes me to retirement. And the reason I say that is because um, I just am really excited over it with two things. One is being able to know that I'm building into 
um, the financial success and health of the company in the near term, right? So there's a lot of transition and changes in our industry, as we all know. And one of the important things, we hear the term resilience a lot, right? Resilience yeah. and energy. But I, I think that's so applicable um, to our company as well. For example, when I think about um, resilience with our company, I really I think about when we first started, right? We, we were five big and we were constantly changing and continually changing through that. And we, we weathered it amazingly, but our team looked really different at that time. And what that taught us is that um, as we transition, as we shift, we also need to be shifting our processes and systems along with it. Because unless we do, unless we figure out internally how to be flexible and to build within where we wanna go, it all kind of falls apart because we don't have what's needed in order to have the team operate the way they want, we want them to, or for us to be able to have the transparency and see what we need to see, et cetera. So there's a lot to thinking about resilience within our company as we've experienced in the past. So to me, as I'm looking forward, I'm really thinking about, well, as we continue to think through our growth goals, how do we set ourselves up for that growth? And how do we build ourselves financially to weather ourselves for that growth? Not just the industry growth, but also our own internal growth. Um, and so to me, that feels like an important um, lesson that we learned in the past that, that we can apply to the future related to resilience. And that takes a certain level of company health to do it. And it's not just about money, right? The team has to be healthy. The um, projects, how we run the projects have to be healthy. The way our sales operate, which is outside of my domain, but all that has to go together and be healthy. So, you know, within the um, nearer term, which I'll call within the next three years, really making sure that we feel like we've got that. That cushion will allow us to be really um, resilient through these changes, which will be considerable and we'll feel it and we'll want to be flexible around it. But then when I look longer term and I think about when I look back on this, what I really, really hope to achieve is that, and I'm not saying I'm leaving, but when I leave, <laughs> it's in a sense that every, the foundation's there, right? And the foundation's already there, but that mm -hmm. we have a team that's super strong and the, the systems are strong and yeah. we think about it the right way. And that, you know, any departure from any one of us would be not felt because it's, it's there. And that succession planning piece of it is all there. Does that make sense? It does. Absolutely. I mean, there's, that's an, such an inherent challenge, uh, but you sort of hit on the core challenge of an organization, right? Which is to sort of honor the experiences and contributions of individuals while also making sure that there is something that is enduring such that as people get to move on in their lives, however they do that, because we want everyone to have very full lives that bring them joy, that it doesn't disrupt what we're also building. Yeah, you so know, it's just like strong, strong core is the best way I can say it. And we yeah, have it, but it'll be fun. Well, and it's the kind of thing, you know, um, you always have to work on. You can't, it's not as if we just arrive at having it and then it just is there and we don't have to tend to it, you know, right. it's like a car, it needs oil changes, it needs... Yeah. I don't even know why I started on the car analogy because that's as far as I'm going to get on car maintenance. <laughs> where's Dave? We need Dave. Where, yeah, where's Dave? <laughs> I think that's really great. I guess the last question I have for you, Laura, is do you have any experiences, and this is more of like a fun one for folks who don't get to talk to you all the time, yeah. and I hope you learned something too, any experiences that might not be on your LinkedIn profile or out there um, for everyone to read that you think really contribute to your role here, like something that, you know, it's just like an interesting thing to know about you. So I had a conversation with someone not long ago and, and they were really challenging me. And this is, it was a, um, an executive business conversation. So it was work-related. <laughs> I go all the way back to my childhood when I'm thinking through this question. And one of the things they challenged me to think about was like how growing up really contributes to who I am today and how I show up in the world today. And I thought that was such an interesting question. And as I thought about it, I was very blessed, but I grew up in a divorce family that had a lot of challenges and, and a lot of hardships when we were really young. And I ended up being really the person who was the bridge or the supporter of my family. I like raised my siblings. I did all that. And my whole job, I always felt like in service of others and trying to support others and, and make life happy. So when I think about where I am today, 
I, that whole service element just follows through with me and how I've always approached my work. Like to me, the greatest joy when you say like, what is successful would be making you and Ant successful, would be making the team successful. Like that's a really critical, important thing for me and figuring out, you know, how do we, you know, how do we have the grit to be able to do that, you know, through the easy times as well as the hard times to push through. And, yeah. and I think that piece of me has just really followed through in my entire career um, I never thought about my career as like climbing a ladder. I just always thought of it as, you know, doing what I need to do and doing the best I can do to help my clients or my teammates or others. And, and I think that really follows through to this role as well. It's a really cool perspective, Laura. And, you know, it is like one of those things that we often don't reflect on, but is so informative of how we show up. And, you know, one thing I will say for you is that is very true. And what I really appreciate about you is that you don't um, shy away from the challenges, particularly when problems are hard or things feel really difficult. You're always right there showing up with us and helping us figure out how to fix things. And I know that I often lean on you for that and to, you know, help, you know, get your support as a brain partner as we're trying to think about yeah. tricky situations, because I know you'll really think through it with me. And I just love that about you and um, really appreciate. And obviously very important for something like operations, right? Where you, <laughs> half the job is anticipating what's going to go wrong to some extent and like, preemptively putting all that scaffolding in place so that we can deal with it when we need to. Yeah. Well, this is an awesome conversation. I don't have any more questions for you, but I'm really excited that we got to connect. And now that we've had a chance to connect with Laura, let's talk about who keeps us in order, which would be Don Smith, our Vice President of Finances, HR, and IT. So um, Don, I'm so excited to talk to you today. We're going through as you know everyone's roles and um, and in our you know reorganization and sort of preparing a room for our future. And you, Don, are officially now our vice president of finance, also parenthetical HR and IT because you wear a lot of hats still. And I'm really excited to talk to you because you have been with us for a very long time. Don, what's your official employee number? And this is six. a hot quiz. Six. Yep. Employee number six, which is pretty awesome because we had some interns early days. If you think about those first couple numbers that kind of inflate that number. But, you know, you've been with us for a really long time and been really at the center of a lot of really interesting challenges that you have as a growing company. And as, you know, Sarah and I have as entrepreneurs and sort of building the business and thinking about how we keep. I think of it almost as like keeping everything buttoned up, you know, and making sure that all of our um, ducks are in a row so that the company is successful financially and also, you know, in all of these sort of infrastructure ways that are important to our health, like human resources and legal and IT. So you definitely are like the jack of all trades. And I don't know if we'll have time for it, but you are also the keeper of great music recommendations for the company, which is worth, you know, worth mentioning. Yes. So. Yes, exactly. Some some so, people may not agree with that statement. Like some <laughs> people in your office may think that they are the right one, but you know. Well, you know, I think these are the kinds of controversies that are worth um, nurturing mm -hmm. and, you know, keeping going because it only benefits the rest of us if you're trying to one-up each other with your musical knowledge and recommendations. So Don, as we think about where we're headed as a company, what excites you about your role, this new role for you? So I think that the thing that excites me the most about it is by splitting into the practice areas, or not splitting, but by focusing into the practice areas, sort of the opportunity to provide targeted information to each team and each person that's leading those areas, whether that's you know talent development internally, instead of sort of having broad stroke data and reporting out to really sit down with Jess or with Laura or with Eileen and say, what are your needs? What's going to help you really focus in and develop what you're trying to do? And how can we support that from our side in getting that information to you? Instead of having reports that go to everyone, this will give us an opportunity to really say, and again, I'll just start with Jess and say, Jess, what is it that you need specifically? 
right? And mm -hmm. develop it that way. And sure, there may still be some things that Laura gets that are very similar to what Jess gets, but they may also go down completely different paths where their needs diverge and we're doing two completely sets of different things for them. So I think that those are the, the fun things for me and that are exciting is sort of that creative process to get to find those answers, right? Like what are the things that you want? So that's really cool to think about, Don. And I, um, I love the 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 orientation that you're taking to, with this, which is like one of like thinking about how to specialize and enable through all of the things that you're doing and that you're working on, because you have so many, you know, as I mentioned earlier, some responsibilities, but you're right. They are really kind of different in terms of what each of our team members and their roles are going to demand. And that's really cool a cool way to think about it. When you think about um, the benefit of that to our clients, what would you say is like so the primary benefit of your role and the role that you're assuming to the folks who honestly don't necessarily always have the privilege of interacting with you because a lot of your role is very internally facing, but do gain benefits from it. So what do you see as the benefits to them? I mean, I think, again, it's a little bit invisible, right, to them at times, not always. There are certainly times where we interact on our team with clients, but it's getting the the information or helping our teams be more productive so that they can get in deeper into those practice areas and kind of develop their skill sets, both at all levels from the executive level that's running it through the directors to analysts as they continue to develop within those practice areas and deliver richer content to our clients, deliver better analysis, better final reports, better understandings for them to make their decisions from. So it's continuing to support that growth internally, which then leads to better output onto the external facing world, right? And ideally, they don't have to ever think about what we do because there aren't challenges that arise in project delivery and in what they're receiving where they say, what is going on? It's like the squeaky wheel, right? Like if you never hear the wheel, then you know it's all running smooth and good, right? So. Well, our utility clients can 100% relate to that idea, right? right. Like it's 100%, sort of like the, yeah. <laughs> 100%, right? And there's only a problem if there are outages and you don't want there to be any outages or issues, right? right? It's almost like to kind of expand on your um, metaphor too, you're sort of like the, you know, the midfielder, you know, like kind of keeping the ball moving sure. so that other people can play their roles, mm -hmm. you know, but that's in itself is like a really critical role. When you think about uh, this role with respect to your own career, like thinking about you, Don Smith, like what chapter does this represent for you? How do you see this role as part of your career story? I'm going to preface this by saying, I don't want this to come off like I am minimizing it okay and and hopefully that's clear is, is when i answer i think that this is part of the continued evolution of where i've gone in my career mm -hmm. you know as as we've talked before and and certainly over the years and when when we were first starting our work together when i joined Illum, like a lot of the roles that i've had in my career have kind of sat at that intersection between sort of the operation side and the financial side, right? So I've never been a CPA, right? I've never been a full operations person. It's always been somewhere in that, you know, Venn diagram of where those two things cross. We're like, yeah. how do we take the financial information or the data and use that to help improve the operations side of the business? And so when I say it's kind of the continued evolution, like we're just continuing that that path and we're making it stronger and better in this role by kind of opening up the new opportunities to continue to do those things and do them in a, I guess, in a stronger way. There's probably a better word for that, but and just can continue to enhance those things. Right. Yeah. So it's not necessarily something that's completely new, but it's who knows. It's, I wouldn't call it the capstone either. Right. But it's the continued <laughs> growth in that area. It's because we don't want it to be over. Right. This isn't the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but like the, the continued growth in the and continuing to develop and deliver results. Right. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, I think in line with um, with the role, like nothing about it has to be sort of grandiose, but like that there is a real stamina and discipline and focus in in that the kind of growth and development of work that you're doing, you know, where you are really maintaining and pushing things 
to grow and build within the company and that the steadiness of that, which is something I think any one of us would say about you, that you are incredibly steady is one of the most critical things to being successful in it, right? It's just like making sure that we keep doing all of these really important jobs and functions. When you think about past experiences for you, Don, that might not show up on LinkedIn or show up on your resume, or maybe even show up in regular conversation that contributed to how you do your work or how you think about your work and the role that you have at Illum, what would you say that is? Like, What experience would you call on to sort of share a little interesting tidbit with folks? This was this is a hard question for me, right? And I <laughs> I realize that's that's the thing about oh great question or this or that, right? But uh, so I think I'll I'll talk about it this way, right? In that there are a lot of the skills that I use in my work for Loom or in prior professional roles are also things that I use when I'm just in the world from a standpoint of and this is on my LinkedIn, right? So it's I'm dodging your question a little bit, right? But it's uh, yeah. when I when I spent you know the better part of a decade running amateur sports organizations, right, and mm-hmm. and sports teams, the continuing to develop this to steal your word the steadiness of the path forward. Like we need to continue to move despite all the other conversations we're having, right? And the organizational things to keep things scheduled, to keep people in the loop, to make sure people know what is happening and what their role is and what they need to do, right? Whether that's, and again, on the sports thing or organizing things for volunteering for charitable organizations. You know, I'm struggling to come up with a specific example, so I apologize for that. But I think that's that's really where it is, is that I don't really look at it like I have a set of professional things that I do and then completely different things in my life. There's the threads that kind of go through all of that. Here's an, an example for you. There's a group that I'm involved with where we're strategy gaming and we are coming up on our 10th event where we we do this an annual thing. And so there's, we're doing a little bit more what we call swag, right? Like some different things like that. And so we're doing some, some pens that everyone's going to get for based on attendance and different things that they've kind of done. But we're also calling out pins for, for folks like our graphic designer who does all our graphic design stuff. We're, we're designing one without his knowledge because he's going to get it um, from there. <laughs> the, the founder is getting something that's related to like founding things. Like the guy that's sort of the guru about food and stuff is going to have a chef's hat and these kinds of things. My pin that I'm getting is like a little Google spreadsheet <laughs> that's going to you know have like the logo and stuff on it, but it's going to be like a little Google spreadsheet. So it. It's not going to be fancy, but it's sort of representative of like my role in the organization, which is like keeping all the information and making sure that everyone has access to it, what they need, when they need it, and all those kinds of things. So there. I love it. Okay, but I have to ask now, as I, you have talked about this group of gaming Mm -hmm. folks, but in my mind, it was always a small group. How many people are you doing this with? Throughout the year, typically you, you might have anywhere from as few as two, but probably more like four up to eight or 10 at a time, right? On our annual event, which we're doing this February, there's going to be 23 over over four days. So cool. So, and that's going to be the largest one that it's been. It's been as high as 20 or 21 before, but this will be the largest group. Because, you know, sometimes, some years people have things going on, they can't make it or they're, you know, whatever reason, COVID obviously threw a wrench in things with um, some people's, desire even after vaccinated and all that kind of stuff to attend Mm -hmm. from there but yeah so it's it can get pretty it can get pretty pretty interesting that's awesome okay so on a scale of one to ten don how competitive would you say you are 10 being insanely competitive you lost relationships over it and one being like eh, i could really care less if i win or lose i would probably say four to five so we'll call it four and a half many years ago probably closer to 10 (laughs) with age comes wisdom and context and perspective and all those things the you know certainly and uh, i'm not going to get an exact quote right here but i will borrow the i didn't come up with this 
philosophy, but it's it's one that's out there. And this, I think, applies to when I talk about strategy gaming, when I still play recreational soccer and run around and and stuff. And our goal is really just to not get hurt, you know, at this point mm-hmm. in our lives. But you should play to win, whether it's soccer or roller derby or, you know, a, a board game or a video game. You should play to win, but the goal isn't necessarily to win. The goal is the experience. I love and I that. think that's become much more something that I've come to understand and embrace as I've gotten older, certainly on like the the comp- the semi-competitive sports side where like everyone's in their 40s, 50s, or even in their 60s, like just the fact that we're playing the game is a victory <laughs> at that <laughs> point, right? We are all running around playing soccer at age 50, right? Like, yeah, that's a victory, right? Whatever the score is. Like, and but certainly in the moment, you want to always succeed. You want to challenge yourself from that standpoint. And I think that's hopefully that answers your question. No, it's a great answer to your question. And I feel like we need to make a t-shirt out of your quote or something, which was, if I'm remembering correctly, well, you should always play to win, but the goal is the experience. Something like that. Yeah. I could find an exact quote from you. Yeah. I didn't write it. Like it's it's paraphrased from something. Oh, well, it's a good quote. It's solid. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Don. It's been really great to chat. And we're so excited to have you on the team. I mean, you know that. We love you. And it's also really great to just have an opportunity to talk about all the things we're trying to get done. Well, everyone, we hope you enjoyed listening to our leadership team as they talked about their roles and their vision for themselves as Illum enters its 10th year as a company. We are thrilled to be working with these incredible individuals and leaders at Illum to help us meet the change that the industry is demanding of us as a company and truly demanding of all of us as we move towards a more equitable and clean energy future. Thank you for spending some time with us and we look forward to talking to you next time. As always, this was brought to you by Loom's production team. Music is by Blue Dot Sessions. We hope you all have a wonderful day.